What's up, guys? This is your host, Dan Giffen, for the podcast. Uh, but before we get started, I wanted to give you an update with the website of liveproducersonline.com. Uh, we launched Project Feedback. So if you are a pro member, you can submit your projects once a month to the Project Feedback tab. And either myself or another experienced producer as well as Ableton certified trainers, will give you video feedback on the projects you submit. So whether you need help mixing with the composition, you can upload your project file to the website once a month and get video feedback from myself or another producer. So that's for pro members. Check that out. Uh, join the website. We've got a free or a basic membership. Um, basic gives you access to all video replays of webinars that we have. Uh, pro members also can join live and watch replays as well as lots of other good stuff. Check it out. Liveproducersonline.com. Click the big fat join button. And now for today's podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode. Today we have the pleasure of chatting with Darren E. Cowley. He's the director of Isotonic Studios. It's a collective of developers. They create innovative devices and tools for Ableton Live users. Uh, Isotonic has also released some of today's most popular Macs for Live devices and downloads and all kinds of tools that open new possibilities using MIDI controllers and creating new workflows for just producing music in general. Uh, I am a big fan. I'm excited to have you with us today. Thanks for joining, Darren. No problem at all. Can I can I nick that intro? I'll probably use that on the website. Yes. Yeah. Please do. As long <laughs> as I can. Than I would write. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Quite good. Work, we do a worked really hard on it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, one of the first things I like to do with our guests is just to get to know you a little bit better for myself and the listeners. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Uh, where did it start for you? And like, how did that get you to founding Isotonic, which is what it is today? Yeah, uh, cool. Well, the, the story starts uh, many, many years ago. I'm no spring chicken. Um, probably at the age of 10, uh, when I managed to save up enough money to buy a second turntable. And I, I would stand there and mix manually by switching the audio cables uh, in and out of my mum's hi-fi with my DJ console was actually the ironing board. And <laughs> uh, the, this was in the days kind of when DJs in the UK were just radio DJs. They weren't exactly personalities. And I certainly had no knowledge of any clubbing scene, so to speak. Yeah. Um, fast forward about six years and it, I came up sort of coming of age in the middle of the acid house uh, generation. So actually two decks and a mixer. Uh, and suddenly there was a focus of having a DJ up on a stage or in the corner in a booth, etc. And I, I kind of, I had been collecting records all that time doing paper rounds and stuff like that. And I wanted to be a DJ. So it was a uh, big bar and steel and uh, get my first kind of matched set of driven sound lab turntables and a, a realistic mixer from Tandy, which uh, I think is Walmart-ish kind of thing in the, in the States. So yeah, age of 16, driving my mum and dad mad, playing very loud, hardcore, noisy yep. music. Yeah, yep. disappearing out at night, trying to <laughs> follow what we had in the UK, which was quite a large free kind of rave scene and especially yeah. where i'm from in Luz, uh there was a touring rave uh, collective called exodus and they would uh misappropriate warehouses and uh let people in and we'd party through through the night i think 
one night on New Year's Eve, there was 25,000 people in, a, oh, wow. in an abandoned warehouse. And that kind of, that kept me going for a few years and uh, decided, yeah, I want to do this kind of for a living-ish. I was working in a bank, which was, yay, super <laughs> exciting. Living uh, Oh, yeah, you know, processing mortgage applications and oh, persuading man. people. Most people. Savings account. It's like, yeah, yeah. People tell their parents, when I grow up, I want to uh, do paperwork <laughs> for mortgages. That's Oh, that's God, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the career <laughs> appealed because it had a, a low mortgage rate. And then I realized yeah. I'd have to be 20 years as a banker before the salary started to come in line with what I thought I was worth earning. So oh, yeah. I, I left there and went into the motor trade and at the same time um, continued DJing in the evenings. It carried on and on and on. And there came a point where traveling up a motorway for two, three hours, just do a two hour set. None of your mates are interested in coming anymore. And it, it was kind of lonely, albeit fun while you're playing the music. There was the connection with the crowd, but you wouldn't have a drink afterwards. You'd get back in your car and drive home. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought back to when I first started DJing. I, I was putting out mixtapes and you know, kind of take to tape dubbing. So I record my set. There's a master metal tape, you know, top quality stuff. You'd save up a, a bit for that. And then you yeah. buy some TDKC 90s, buy 10 of those, record the set onto them. And I'd wow. put it into, into my local record sh- store. And that would then feed the habit of being able to buy more and more and more records in a new mixtape. And mm-hmm. the, the process continued. So when I kind of got to the end point in my mind of traveling and DJing. I, I wanted to do something still with music, but at my time and uh, on my kind of rules, I, I had a family and that kind of thing. Yeah. So me and a, a friend, we kind of clubbed together and bought a copy of Ableton Live 5 because you were allowed two unlocks. So I had one, he had the other. Um, I got a free MIDI controller that came with it. So we, we don't mention that to him. That's a good um, friend. Yeah. And you have that. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. He, he certainly had a more successful DJ career than me playing for Renaissance around the world and stuff. But <laughs> hey, yeah. he warmed up for me at some point. So I That's got the MIDI good. controller. Yeah, yeah, you deserve it. That's it. And uh, I really bought live purely and simply for arrangement view. I was taking MP3s, dragging them into it and cutting them up so that they would phrase correctly. And I got asked a couple of times to kind of, uh, I'd say come out of retirement is too grand a statement, but come and play what you're putting on the CDs. And I thought, right, well, I could, I've got CDJs, but between you and me and whoever's watching the CD side of DJing bores me immensely. It's kind of like push a button, push the next button, mix, (laughs) effect, out. And I, I could see from working in arrangement view, I could create my own kind of tracks. I'm still no producer and I wouldn't profess to be able to create a beat or, or engineer or master a song or anything like that. Uh-huh. But I could put a mix together and I could layer a baseline of one track over the outro yeah. of another track and then introduce an acapella, et cetera. Yeah. And I started fiddling around with doing that and thought, all right, okay, I could take this out live. And I had... At the time, a it's an Allen and Heath X-Zone 1D, which have you ever seen one of those things? I haven't, no. No, I'm I know Allen and Heath is a great name, though. 
Yeah, it's superb. Their audio mixers are exceptional. The the one D yeah. probably was a controller too early. It, it wasn't as responsive as it needed to be, especially when I'm used to cutting and mixing things up and sure. the MIDI would take a while to catch up. And it's built like a tank. I've actually still got it in the front room. It's going on eBay very shortly if anyone wants to buy a piece of history. <laughs> as in, there you go. It's that old. Yeah. Uh, it just had unmarked buttons on it. And I l fell in love with live because it's like Scalectrics. You build a template and set however you mm -hmm. want it. Create your own effects. You're not right. like confined to anybody's. And I, still to this day, I'm still playing around and go, what combination of this plus this, et cetera, and how do yeah. I change that? And I don't think I'll ever stop building on that basis because it's just, yeah. Um, I found that that controller was great because it had no it had no preconception of what it was supposed to do. So I started pressing buttons and thinking, yeah, it'd be great if I could press that button, but whilst holding this one down, it would do something else. And mm -hmm. so I, I kind of looked into the Python side of things in Ableton Live and scripting, it blew my mind. So I found a, a product which is still really excellent today called Bones which is a MIDI translator software. Oh, yeah, Bohm's MIDI translator. Yeah, I'm familiar That's with it. That's it. Really, yeah. really cool. It's just a principle based on logic. You create mm -hmm. your flags and your gates, uh, and you hold a value and a part, and do this great stuff with it. And yeah. at that point of playing a couple of things out, <laughs> and I'm more focused like down on the controller than the laptop, which was one good thing, yeah. but... I'd kind of disconnected with the crowd and it was very much, I am going to play what I am going to play. And that was it. Then Akko announced the APC 40 and that's pretty much where Isotonic began. Um, really? I took the stuff I've done in Bones and I kind of replicated it on the APC 40, which had the first ring focus box. And yeah, you know, yep. eight, I have eight one. I love five. It. Have you got the, the first one that built like a tank or the second one that's in oh, the plastic? Oh, the first one that's uh, the tank. Yeah. No, and it has to have a power charger. It's not powered USB <sighs> anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That thing, it's, that's the, and it's a tank. You're right. I could throw it off of my roof of my home and it wouldn't, it wouldn't break. No, nah, that, that, that I've, I mean, I've still got a, a magma bag for it. I treasured it that much mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, brilliant. And I could press a button and it would flick the session control into handling the loop points yeah. on each track. And it would have like smart effects and stuff. And I put a video up on YouTube a bit and people started asking, oh, can I have, can I have the template? Mm -hmm. Sending it out. I think Sugar Sync and then Dropbox. And yeah. at some point, someone at Ableton saw it and I got invited to the beta for what was the first version of Max Alive in Live 8, if my memory serves me right. What year was that? Because that, oh. I, I started in 8, so that would have been maybe close to 2012. That sounds about right. Yeah, five, five or six years ago, at yeah. least. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I'd never seen Max before. And I, I wasn't really into the programming side. I could do logic. But when Max for Live was sent through and it had the live object model, and it basically said, if you want to access this parameter, that's not necessarily MIDI mappable. So you're looking at track one and you want to control the, the looping on track four. Well, in Bohm's, you had to change the focus to track four, focus on the looping, make the change and fire it back. It was a lot of controls.
Yeah. Max Alive just boom in one quick step, albeit it's some buggy starts, etc. It was quite a yeah. lengthy beta testing program. I was yeah. able to do stuff I just couldn't do with MIDI translating easily. Mm-hmm. I really ripped that APC 40 apart and I created a device that I created 50 or 60 devices that would do little things around live all in the API and there was no effects or anything else like that. Yeah. And yeah. how I named those devices was going back to my old school days. It would be the record that was at the front of the pile from the last time that I actually DJ'd. Okay. So I had uh, one that was called Sweet Harmony, a, a liquid one. There was uh, some Justice and Urban Shakedown. And it just so happened that this device was at the point where I had isotonic different strokes at the front of the record pile. And I was like, isotonic right what does isotonic mean well normally with a c it's like balance of fluids and mix mix balance fluid yeah okay cool so i named that device that i put it up on maxforlive.com and i got some feedback and it was like (laughs) oh right okay oh this is interesting this is working let's do this again (laughs) yeah the the feedback was crap though it was this don't work that don't work on my side, oh, okay. this doesn't happen. And I was like, oh, God, I'm not a good one with feedback generally. It's like I take it personally. And so <laughs> each one would end up being anonymous them versus or me just responding, responding, and going, right, I've got a fix. And I'd upload yeah. the fix, which then put it into the latest updated product list. Yeah, And then everyone who downloaded it before would download it again and more people would download it because it's on that list. And then I'd get more feedback and they'd do it again and round and round and round and round. And suddenly, before I knew it, it was in the top 10 most downloaded devices. That's awesome. Then it started crawling up, creeping, creeping. And it was suddenly like, oh, competition. I don't think the other nine guys that were behind the other nine devices probably saw it as competition. But for me, oh, I'm going to achieve something. and. I got an email through from a guy called Ten Snake, who was at that point just about to drop a tune called Coma Cat, which went mental in Ibiza that year. And I was still going across and uh, doing the party season in Ibiza and stuff like that. And he said, I- I've got this big tune. It's coming out. I've got to do a live show. I've seen your APC 40. I'm using that device, but I want this, 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 and this. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I've heard of you. Awesome furiously programming sent it across to him got a thanks back and i thought wicked nice one and then he fired me some cash via paypal and i thought oh he's like i can make money off of this <laughs> bingo and that that was kind of the birth of it as a business kind of thing I, I was doing some custom jobs here and there and i used that money to build the first website and it was still kind of with you you buy and you get a link that's to sugar sync. And then we replace that with Dropbox because that was a new technology. Uh, <laughs> we moved, moved to payloads because uh, I didn't want to risk everything. This was just, you know, a hobby, self-employed, etc. And mm-hmm. from there, it just started growing and growing and growing. And I realized there wasn't enough hours in the day to do the programming and do the website and release new products because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Projects can take between a month to four, five, six. Sure. And in that time, you kind of, there's no output. 
And if there's no yeah. output in this modern age in the social network world, if you're not yeah. in people's walls, you can get forgotten about pretty quickly. It's very true. Yeah, even for artists or people running oh, a business or developers, God, yeah. content I, is so important to keep having new outcome, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. It is, as you say, content is important. Content's king at the end of the day. And when I first started, some of the guys that, that were kind of doing little blogs uh, and stuff like that are really big players in the scene now because they've been consistently high quality but they've also kept up a quantity and i knew at the start after that initial burst it's like oh sales new release yeah. sales new release that yeah i needed to increase the output and i couldn't do that by taking the day off i have yeah. a full-time day job i couldn't do that by working the weekend i have a family so it was mm -hmm. how do i keep it in the night and yeah i you know, you could, you could train all of your family members to code Max for Life. <laughs> well, it's, have them do it. it's funny. My, my eldest is actually at university in Stoke now doing a film course and oh, he's great. specializing in editing. So you can guess who is the number one employee <laughs> on the books and who's going to be responsible yeah. when he comes home for doing the isotonic mm -hmm. videos. But yeah, oh yeah, there you go. I don't know that any of them will be interested in making LEDs flash. And to yeah. be fair, just a set of devices that work on MIDI controllers is is a niche market of a niche market of a niche market. Yes. Yeah. And hanging out in the forums, as I'm sure you do, you see lots of user requests and lots of people helping mm. out and stuff like that. Yeah. And I came across a few guys in that kind of arena. Uh, and the first guy was uh, Ned Rush, who has like a YouTube channel where he does educational videos in a, a very unique style and he had some max for live devices that it was like him learning and coming out etc and I, I kind of started a conversation with him said why don't you come on board i'll put the devices in the store you don't run your website you focus on your videos and on the programming side of things and from there it's kind of steamrolled a guy called mark towers and ableson certified trainer joined as well uh, Lee Huddleston, who's Sigabolt, who does the scripts for us, he joined um, at Audio Outlaw. We, we, we started to gather this kind of mass of developers that I feel still to this day are some of the most talented people that I've worked with to the point that I pretty much don't code anything myself anymore because yeah. there's better people on the team to implement what I'm thinking or yeah. just take my feedback and improve their own products. So now I think at last count, including the kind of the circuit sound designer people and the guys in the Isotonic Sound Store, there's probably around 35 members oh, of the really? Isotonic wow. Collective. So I didn't know that. That's a lot. I was expecting yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, it's grown quite a lot. And, uh, I, and they're I, all over the world? Uh, or are oh. they mostly over in Europe or... I've got, uh, as part of the team, there's as far as Australia, which is pretty much as far as you can go. There's a couple of guys over there. There's yeah. Holland, Sweden, France, Spain. Yeah, there's pretty much everywhere. In the States, we've got a couple of guys as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's yeah. always... Australia's a long drive from London. Yeah, yeah. I, I can normally message those guys in the morning and get a response, but forget yeah. it after about 10 a.m. in the morning. It's, yeah. it's over for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really cool. I, I just want to take like a quick step back for any of our listeners who are brand new to Ableton Live. Um, some of the things we've talked about, like Max for Live, might be a little over their heads. 
Um, can you just kind of explain real quickly what Max for Live is in okay. your own words for people who maybe are still trying to figure out what it really does or what it is? Yeah, certainly. I mean, for, for me, traditionally programming, I would look at a screen. It would be text-based in lines with syntax and commas and open squiggly brackets. I don't even know the technical terms. <laughs> squiggly uh, bracket, I think. Squiggly bracket is the proper. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. The square bracket as well. I do know the name for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. That that befuddles me, and I don't understand it to the point that if I did create something but it didn't work, I wouldn't be able to work out why it didn't. Max flipped that on its head for me. It already had pre-written objects, so things that would do something, and effectively you'd connect it up. The closest description I can give to it, it's like being an electrician. You've got a diode, capacitor, resistors, etc., and you create a signal path between them, and each object will change that path or do something to it to affect an end result. Mm -hmm. The max for live element of it, as max, I believe, is 30-plus years old in its, in its graphical programming nature, is it allowed that end result to affect something in live? Mm -hmm. So as yeah. well as being, live. yeah, yeah, but as well as doing audio processing, kind of with the MSP side of Max, uh, video gener generative video mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing, graphics and jitter, it yeah. now allows you to get under the hood. Yeah, it's, jitter is really fun. That's a that's yeah. a fun device for video. Uh, you can map up in MIDI and synchronize the music playing in live to video you can just drag and drop a i think it's dot mov files and you can just have video playing of off of your iphone or whatever and it to your live sets it makes it really easy i played yeah. with that but yeah max for live is a whole world of possibilities it's really fun i uh, i heard ben casey um he's an ableton brand manager in the us he said yeah. perfect, he described max for live as digital duct tape and I was like, that's, <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. It makes you just kind of fix problems or create solutions that duct tape yeah. can do. So I, I think to be fair, because of Ableton and the way that it, it's constructed, that it, it is a toolkit, it expands, it contracts, you can build it how you want. There is a limit to how much development work one company can do for individuals. And there's always going to be someone out there that wants a custom something, something. And so that is where I see the appeal of Ableton and, and potentially Bigwig, Bigwig, Bitwig with their modulation side of things. Whereas yeah. kind of the likes of Logic don't have that openness. Mm -hmm. Reactor with Reactor Blocks and that kind of thing, that's a similar building block, block environment. And that has mm -hmm. many number of fans as well. So I, you know, I, I fell in love with it the first time I played with it. And now five, six years on seeing how it's developed it's now part of the core code for Live 10, so it's not a separate application that loads. A lot of the stability issues that were there in the days gone by have pretty much been solved. Yeah. Um, it, it has had a bad rep because I think if you go on maxalive.com, you've got thousands, thousands of devices, but they can be created by people that are just learning how it works. So you download it try and use it, it doesn't work and it crashes live. Mm -hmm. Well, if I went outside and put petrol in my diesel car, that would break it too. So <laughs> it's kind of yeah. like, you know, yeah. if, if you're looking to use Max for Live, use it. Great, you can learn, you can do stuff. It's relatively easy to pick up and learn. There's some great lessons in there. 
Mm -hmm. Live comes with some free building blocks of stuff you can use. There's like an LFO and that kind of thing. But then there's a wealth of other devices out there as well. There's some really right. good, respected developers uh, still building Macs and Macs for Live devices yeah. for Ableton. Hopefully, I, I've got most of them working for me, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And if not, then maybe they will. Yeah, um, yeah. Shout but, out to Alessio at K Devices. The offer is still there. There you go. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, let's talk a little bit about some of these devices. I see Max for Live now, because like you were saying, there's so much out there, almost as like trading cards. Some trading cards are better and higher quality than others, and there's a lot out there, and you can just find one and get one. Um, but I, I notice consistently the devices I've seen and I've played with from Isotonic are quality and, you know, they Thank don't, you. they don't break, but they're really good stuff. Um, one thing I could speak of that you guys sell on your site is Cliff X pro, uh, that, uh, that is well, by far one, live. I'm sorry. Not strictly max for live, but it does have a right. Max element. Right. Yes. Yes. No, that's true. Uh, you're right. It's not Max for Live, but it is um, a script of of sorts that allows yeah, you to basically hack Ableton and virtually do almost anything. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of commands out there. I started. I opened up the manual and I got to like page five, and I'm like, I just I don't know if I'll be able to memorize all these. Like, this is a good yeah. reference to have, though. Um, can we talk a little bit about CliffX Pro? Like how. How did Isotonic get involved with that? Like, where did that start? Uh, I, I, I love the fact that you called them like the trading cards. One of our original collective members, when our first website was up, uh, we had on the front page each developer as a little baseball card, effectively, so their logo, etc. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I started, the origin in the APC40, there was native control that was doing scripts for the APC40. So I'm coming at it from a Max Alive point of view and Stray from native controls coming at it from a script point of view. It was kind of like, oh, I'm in competition, et cetera. And, and Stray's just like, develop, develop, develop. I've done <laughs> that APC. I'm going to do the launch pad. I'm yeah. going to do the launch control, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I, I think I'm a fairly regular post on the Ableton forum and I, I kept seeing people's feature requests for Ableton Live. And that is absolute kind of manner from heaven for me. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, I can fix that. Max for yeah. Live. Yeah. And I'd jump in with an answer and it, I'd pick up an idea for a new device, like uh, Follow actually came, uh, which does follow actions for scenes. Yes, I love it. That's a great a request device. originally. But after I'd replied a couple of times and like formulated the idea, someone would jump in and go, Clipheads can do that. Oh, oh, damn <laughs> uh, right how can i be in competition with damn clipper it's free yeah. and uh, i was like it, it was not the bane of my life but it was like oh i've invested all this time and you can get, yeah. just go and get it and you don't need max for live so that works for standard people without max live or without sweet and it just continued and continued and i, I just so happened to see um a post around clipex pro as a beta and it was like you signed up and it was at ten dollars at the time uh, i'll pick up the courage i'll approach stray and say look i've got a fair number of ableton live users in a mailing list etc etc and i think i've probably got your target audience we could work together and actually make the pro version of this more accessible get more training materials and that kind of thing together um and free you up to do more programming 
And as it turns out, I think we're on, since releasing the first official release candidate, I think we're on the ninth update of ClipX Pro. And Stray continues to take that user feedback and code it, develop it, and release it. So at the moment, I'd say it's working out pretty well for all concerned at, the, at this point. Um, I'm just awaiting your, actually my kitchen, as you can tell from the, the marmite symbol on the on the wall behind you i don't know if you have marmite it's good wall decor yeah it looks nice yeah i think you're vegemite i'm not altogether sure i'm pretty sure you have to import marmite um but <laughs> it's my kitchen it don't sound great and it's not the greatest place for videos so i'm yeah. getting a corner of the lounge so that i can actually shoot the kind of videos that i want to which for some of the products we have uh, you, you mentioned it the manual great reference guide where do you start? You right. can do the lessons, and the lessons are a really good step through. I think there's eight to ten lessons that you can pull uh, clips that are already written and scenes and that kind of thing. Because mm -hmm. you can put the commands in, in a in triggering a clip or put a command in a MIDI um, message that comes in OSC uh, scene like scene names uh, locators mm -hmm. in arrangement. There's so yep. much choice. Oh, there's um, a lot of options. Yes, sure. Uh, last night, actually, we had a webinar with live producers online and uh, somebody I met at Loop this year, uh, Ableton's conference, and he was using CliffX to change the key on his push to um, between different songs that he had broken out in scenes. And there's so many possibilities. Uh, it, was, it was really insightful. It seems like everybody uses it in different ways. Yeah, I de definitely. I mean, I... I get asked for feedback from people of how you're using it. Oh, or it's so clever, and it's I'm like, I'm like baffled by some of the uses. And if if you've uh, if you go on YouTube and look up Mr. Bill using it, he yeah he, he has a great like, video. I've yeah oh, I've seen that. Why? Oh my god! Yeah, uh, there's a, an action that he's created that will step through the notes of the entire keyboard so that he can sample them back from his hardware yeah and he just walks off and goes uh, goes and gets a cup of coffee and you're like yeah actually <laughs> that, that would makes be great sense yeah, yeah. a lot of time and you could drink more uh, coffee absolutely <laughs> i mean the, the snaps thing i think personally is my favorite snaps and macrobat where you can record the state of parameters the mixer volume that kind of thing into a clip or an action and then recall it in what is it it's less than 20 milliseconds so you wouldn't even notice it and then oh, you wow. can take that preset effectively across all of those things and apply it to a macro in a rack and morph between it that's For sound brilliant. design that is oh, incredible man. that's so and cool. that's that's what i promised stray my next video is so once the the studio is actually wired up and working and my camera's ready um rather than this really yeah flattering oh webcam. please yeah uh, i'll we'll be looking done. for that video that'd be great yeah. i'll make sure but, i share that that's interesting and i kind of approach every product that's sent to me as i'm an idiot how do i use this and if i can plug and play it first time awesome if i can't then i'll look to the manual and if the manual doesn't do it then we've got to do the video and mm. in education i mean my background comes from sales training and mm -hmm. the different learning styles of people we try and cover all of the bases um, yeah. with regards to written material, videos, yeah. help in the device as well. It's great getting the device, but some people will want to stick it in, see sure. what it happens, and hover over something and see a tooltip or, or the like of that, or open the, the help window in the bottom left of Ableton. 
And if that's yeah. just got live dot dial and no description, mm-hmm. personally, that's the difference between a commercial product and something that's an experiment that does a job. That's and very that's true. The kind of level You're of quality right. that we have to aim for. Yeah, and most of your products on Isotonic's website have a description video like embedded on that page to kind of show you what, how it how it can be used and what it's used for and how to do it before you even buy it, which I think is a brilliant business plan because it shows people, you know, what am I really getting and how yeah. can I use it? So I, mean, I love that one thing about you guys. To be fair, with, with the developers, we kind of say, look, if we're going to put something out, going to take resources and we want to give it the best chance of success so there's a launch plan we we start a week before making sure that everything's on the website there's a full description there's a manual where it's appropriate you know there's something complex like uh our pulsal um device which is uh, a max for live instrument from amazing noises there is a manual already but we're just about to update that by uh, releasing Martin Russ's um, alternative manual. So there's a second set of instructions. The new and improved. Um, absolutely. And I've read it through and I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. Because it's also, it's not necessarily written from a developer's point of view, but a user's point of view. And mm-hmm. they're sometimes not in alignment, I found on first draft, certainly. Mm-hmm. We have to have a demo video. It's got to be under 56 se- seconds for our Instagram generation. Um, yeah. That's got to show what the device does. But then... Yeah there'll be people who will watch a four and a half minute video. We found they won't watch 10 or 20, but they will watch five, lots of four minutes. So keep the subject sweet, short and impactful, generally speaking. Yeah, Yeah, people have shorter attention spans these days, I think, than ever, uh, because there's so much out there. And so you're fighting for people's attention to help explain how you can make their life better or like show them how to accomplish something that they need. Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the shortest attention span we had of some of the customers is this Max for Live device for Ableton Live, and then they purchase and say, "Why doesn't this work in in FL Studio?" Okay, under the minimum <laughs> system requirements that you checked, accepted, you know, there's always going to be one. But yeah, the first <laughs> the first problem is not that you bought it and are using it in FL Studio. It's that you're using FL Studio in the first place before, you, <laughs> before you're using yeah. it. No, have, have you seen the new Akai Fire controller? Uh oh, yes. That that is crazy. That is so Couldn't many that be good in life. Yeah, I know. I was wondering. We that have a plan. Thing. I think that's a brilliant plan. I would love to mm. see that. A lot of people were saying, oh, is this going to rival the push two? Is this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's not. It, like it's it. a different controller. Like, I don't yeah. think you can really compare it. Yeah. There's other sort of step sequencer type controllers out there, but I don't I don't see many at like, you know, in the UK, yeah. 160 quid for touch yeah. sensitive dials, the, yeah. the grid laid out as it is. Ooh. you'd be forcing other controllers to fulfill that kind of paradigm. So, yeah, yeah I'm quite excited that the potential of that little controller, especially as it's not got an Ableton Live script as standard anyway. Oh, yeah, that'll be money. That'll be a great script to have. So mm. I have another question. Speaking of scripts, yeah. we talked about Max for Live devices. We talked about scripts. Um, is there any need or any desire with Isotonic to enter the VST market or that realm? Is that a thought? <sighs> Have you even thought about that? Are you doing that? Yeah. I mean, we're we're very dedicated as a a team of at least the core 25 as Ableton Live users. Uh, Some of them are Ableton certified trainers. 
So we have a passion for developing for that platform. Uh, many of the devices link into the API. So the script will be Ableton specific. Uh, something like Mark Tower's Arcade series is, is working with the API to give feedback to controllers specific again for Ableton Live. Um, but we've seen a shift, I think, as our social presence has grown to more and more comments of, yeah, that's great, bra. But what we need is it for FL Studio. What do you do for Logic? And you're like, yeah. mm, okay, there's yeah. an appeal to this product. And yeah. I think now, where are we? Yeah, six weeks ago, we launched our first VST in the store full time, which was a VST version of Melody Source. And that's really? from uh, that's from a guy who basically spends his day and night producing music for adverts and you know an advert you've got 60 seconds it's got to be catchy yeah and he works with a team to develop ai uh to basically analyze spotify playlists of popular dance music that's interesting and then from that machine learning effectively it then generates melodies based on a set of parameters so convolution mood key really? uh, speed triplets that kind That's of thing fascinating we, we had it in max for live and it was after clipx uh, pro our second best seller last year and, and what is that called of, again that's called Melody Source. Melody um, Source. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it really took off when uh, Laidback Luke, who's a well-known Ableton oh, yeah. Live user, yeah. yeah, he tweeted and said, "Ghost producers, your job is dead." And of course, we got fifty percent people saying, "Wow, this is amazing," and fifty percent people saying, "You're killing music." And we're like, <laughs> "We've got Clipex Pro that's that's helping some of the largest stadium bands in the world do yeah. their show." And we've got people that know not one iota, including myself, from musical theory, but enjoy and love music. And we'd like a little hand. Yeah. So it took off. And from that, the, the guys behind Everbeat, they worked and they produced and we've released our first VST. And that's pretty much for any DAW that hosts VSTs. It's very and cool. Yeah. That's going really well. And I think there's out. going to be a, a number of others that have cross-platform appeal mm -hmm. um, where they're not directly linked into like Ableton Live's API, so mm -hmm. to say. But yeah, that, that could be quite exciting. Well, while we're on this subject, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, um, but I just wanted to kind of, for everybody here who maybe hasn't like checked out your website, which they definitely need to do, what are some other popular products that you found most success in the last couple of years that people have been like, this is amazing. This is my favorite thing in the world. Wow. Okay. It, easy to go down the best sellers list to be fair. Yeah. There um, you, you know, when you take control of a device and for example, the push to gives you a bank mm -hmm. and you've got eight controls and you've got eight parameters it's mapped to. Well, that's in someone's head at Ableton, the best way to map that device. But they haven't done that for every VST. They haven't done that for every Max for Live device. And you may disagree with the, the stock mappings. So we have a product called Predator, which basically with a graphical interface, no coding required, allows you to rearrange those parameters in banks of eight. You can repeat parameters. So you always have the volume, uh, you can use the buttons on the push to control sends and the like, and it allows you to reconfigure how banks work on VSTs, name cool. them. 
mean, there's some great Max for Live devices out there that have live.dial one, live.dial two, live.dial three. And so when you pick it up with a push, you're like, what is what? But you can rename those with Predator and it saves it to Live's map effectively. That's the next time cool. you open the set, it comes with a push to Good Excel anime. script, works okay. with the launch control. Uh, the launch control XL actually is my personal favorite as an add-on controller. It's a got great controller. That, that, uh, how many is it? 16, 32, 24 encoders? I forget. Three times eight, 24. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you actually, that's it. You actually, with, with the, the script, get to control in banks of 24 at a time. So if you're looking after operator, uh, OSC one and two top row, you can reconfigure it like that. So that that's that's a massive product for us. We mentioned ClipX Pro, mm -hmm. uh, Factor Synth, which is a machine learning based device that isolates frequencies within a sample and allows you to rearrange them, play them back, change the amplitude, kind of really deconstruct an audio sample. That's really powerful. And we've got an update so that it works directly hands-on control with the push and the launch pad, et cetera. Very cool. Um, modular series with follow, follow actions for scenes. I love that's, follow. That's really cool. It's got yeah. a looper in there for the DJs amongst us that you stick it on a track and you can MIDI map controlling the loop points on it, mm -hmm. which in combination with follow means you could DJ properly with follow actions that you don't set. Yeah. Um, Latest product probably is Signal, which has been a year in the making. And that's from Chaos Culture, who's the guy that came up with the, the original multi-clip MIDI editor uh, oh, for wow. Live 9, uh, which Ableton then went and put as a feature in Live 10. Damn you, Ableton. Um, <laughs> but he's been working that for a year. And it basically is Max for Live for people who don't want to learn Max for Live. Yeah. Because everything in Max for Live, you could do 20 ways. 19 of the ways would be CPU intensive and may break at one point. And there's one perfect hole. way. It's a yeah, black hole. It is. What he's done is he's created modules and a, a kind of like a patching environment. So you would take an audio in mm -hmm. and use that with an envelope follower, design your own LFO, mm -hmm. have a set of dials, and then use that to create modulation is somewhere that, else in life. Is that similar to Ocelot? It is that? in its nature because it, it is a graphical interface, yeah. um, but it, it goes much deeper to the point that the release of last Friday uh, actually added OSC in and OSC out as okay. well. So Great. it becomes very, very powerful. So it's you a good platform. So it's a good platform for like Max for Life for dummies, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. They, you know, I, I want a filter, the bandpass filter that as I do this, it does that. And what was the In name of that again? Time. That's called Signal. Signal, yes. Yeah. I've seen it on the website, but I haven't had the pleasure of playing with it yet. Yeah, it's it, it's super complex. It kind of over the next few months, my my schedule looks like ClipX Pro intro videos, Signal intro videos, mm -hmm. Predator intro videos, and more for the modular series. Yeah. But not in your kitchen. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely not in the kitchen. So yeah. I think I, probably apart, apart from that, there's there's, there's tons. We, I think there's got so many on there. Plus devices yeah. on the, on the yeah, store I, now. I really encourage everybody just to go shop around on Isotonic, uh, the website, and just be able to kind of see all that's there. And 
Uh, you guys are making great things. I love what you guys do. I didn't realize you had so many developers under the umbrella. I think that's awesome. Gives you the flexibility to keep cranking out new good things. Um, yeah. Before we go, I do have one quick recommendation. Uh, I was actually talking with uh, last night through the webinar. If you know Laura Escade, uh, she was the uh, first yes. Ableton. Yeah, so she she was in the webinar and and she mentioned this, and we've all been thinking this as well. It's like it would be absolutely brilliant, and you would be saving the world a big favor by coming up with a device or some script that would prevent the pitch from being changed with Ableton's Looper. So in other words, because, and this has happened to several of us, you speed up that tempo or you slow it down and you know that pitch goes with it. It's a very embarrassing moment on stage. That, yeah. could be, that might be something just to put a bug uh, in here. That'd be great. Uh, I think Ableton's Looper is one of those, Ableton needed a Looper, so Looper came out. And that's probably <laughs> as far as it went. Uh, it's out of all of the devices, the stock and native stuff, it's the least exposed to the API. So it, I mean, we can control it, but we can't control it in a quantized manner. So mm -hmm. uh, I've made some devices that give feedback on launch pads for people using it on stage, but you have to combine MIDI mapping with LED feedback stuff. And it's, yeah, it's a pain to work with. Yeah. I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah. We just got to control that pitch because if you could warp it somehow, so it wasn't getting all weird when you speed up or slow down tempo, it'd be a beautiful day. So. I, I think we'd have to rebuild Looper from scratch. Well, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. It would be okay. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, thank you, Darren, for joining. Uh, this has been a lot no of problem, fun. No. I've got Definitely. some more things I need to go shop around on your website and check out. I encourage everybody else as well to keep following what you guys are doing. Uh, where can people stay connected with you and find out more about Isotonic and what you guys have coming up and social and all that stuff? Yeah, we're basically Isotonic Studios, one word, facebook.com slash Isotonic Studios, twitter.com slash Isotonic Studios, Instagram.com Isotonic Studios. I was lucky enough no one else had grabbed yeah. it before me. That's so, nice. yeah. That's yeah, good. always good. <laughs> well, and if they did, then maybe you can make a, a script that hacks their account and takes it down or something, and then you could oh. rechange it. <laughs> nah. Nah. <laughs> this, is, this is all ethical work we're doing here. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Uh, well, if you guys aren't sure, um, Isotonic is spelled I-S-O-T-O-N-I-K, um, Isotonic Studios. Go check it out. We'll include all the links in the show notes. So if you have any doubts, just scroll down and look wherever you may be listening, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, um, and then you'll see the links in there. Uh, Darren, Darren Cowley, everybody, thank you so much, man, for joining. It's been a pleasure. Um, Thank you. Go make some great videos for us and uh, keep changing the world with great scripts and devices. So appreciate Thank you. Thank you. And uh, uh, publicly thank my collective, the team that worked with me. They're so much more talented than I could ever be. Uh, and the, the sum of Isotonic is, is the, it was my idea, but actually it's those guys that create the quality. So I've got everything sure. to thank to them, to be fair. Sure. Yeah, well, you have a great team and it shows. So Thank thanks you. again, man. Enjoy the rest of your week and uh, look forward to seeing more from you guys. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. Right. Cheers. This podcast is sponsored by LiveProducersOnline.com, a community of Ableton Live users connecting you to the pros to learn today's music production.